It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. On today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast, we will cover... Zach Taylor's press conference with the first day of conditioning, full team activities, a walkthrough, photos from the Cincinnati Bengals official website, photos of Joe Burrow in a Bengals uniform throwing footballs. Man, what an exciting time to consume photography on social media. On top of that, we've got a bunch of rule changes to get to. We're actually going to start there as the NFL has formalized a series of roster management moves for the 2020 season. And Zach Taylor talked a little bit today about the Bengals' strategy for handling quarterbacks. So we're going to start with the quarterback talk with the rule changes, get into the rest of Zach Taylor's press conference, some of the really cool tidbits that we've gleaned from dissecting training camp photos, and then continue our preseason positional review preview with the linebacker position, another overhauled unit on the Cincinnati Bengals defense. James, let's get started by taking a look at some of these changes announced by the NFL today. And there are some interesting rule changes to talk about to go along with Zach Taylor's press conference today. And those have to do with the way that teams are going to be able to bring players back from the IR with much more flexibility than in other seasons. There is a new disciplinary structure in place for players that violate the NFL's protocol on staying safe in the pandemic world that we live in, and some other changes going on as well. Some really interesting stuff that makes it easier for teams to cope with the uncertainty of the current environment. And that's the thing is right now everyone's got to adapt and every team's going to have to adapt. And I thought it was interesting yesterday, or I say yesterday, on Monday, when Duke Tobin was talking about their main roster additions are going to all come from the practice squad. And uh, when you have a 16-person practice squad, you know, that certainly helps. But the thing that I like, having six veterans that you can have on that. So uh, the the NFL allowing teams to have, it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the league. So Doma Tapeco, right? We talked about him. He's eligible for the practice squad, as is five other Domitapekos. It doesn't mean that's going to happen, but that's the point is these teams are going to really get as many, probably as many veterans, you know, all six veteran spots if they can on that practice squad, because who knows when they'll be thrown into action. It could happen up to 90 minutes before game time, Jake. I mean, if a player tests positive for COVID-19 the morning of a game, then uh, their replacement's probably coming from the practice squad. And the other interesting thing to go along with that is 
and there's nothing that any protocol can do about this, but there's going to be in the wake of this Matthew Stafford false positive that his wife was very outspoken about today on social media. There's going to be a high profile player that tests positive on game day. And the next day he's going to get tested again and it's going to be a false positive. And, and there's going to be uh, some very unhappy fans. There's nothing you can do about that. That's just the world we live in right now until this bug gets under control. But another interesting roster change that I think you alluded to a little bit was unlimited players can return from the IR this season. You spend three weeks on the injured reserve, you can come back. That is absolutely massive. And honestly, I hope this is a change that persists beyond the COVID season. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the 10-day disabled list that baseball has, right? Instead of being out for, for weeks and eight weeks and having to, to do all that, well, now it's a no-brainer, right? If A.J. Green tweaks something, you put him on IR for three weeks. Same thing with John Ross or whoever else, Carl Lawson, all these guys that have been injured in the past. And honestly, if one of these guys tweaks a hamstring, we could see hamstrings land on the injured reserve now, Jake. You know, if it's a grade two hamstring and you know it's going to be at least two weeks, why not give a, a receiver or a running back three weeks and then activate him from there? So it's uh, it's certainly going to be – I don't know if fun is the right word, but the roster maneuvering that Duke Tobin gets to do this season is going to be much different and he'll be able to get more creative for sure. It'll be a whole lot more interesting at the very least. I, I think that – this will be a good change long-term for the NFL. And the only reason that we wouldn't see it long-term potentially is that it, it can get a little tricky to maneuver the salary cap if you're bringing in a lot of players in the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if owners were opposed. Speaking of the salary cap, for teams that have players opting out, those signing bonus prorations are not applying to this year's cap, which will save teams like the Patriots a ton of money that will roll over into next year. The Bengals, not very impacted by this. They save a little bit of money if Josh Tupo has any signing bonus, for example, but not a major impact for the Cincinnati Bengals at all. Some other notes, there's a disciplinary structure in place that enables teams to fine players or even suspend them without pay for up to four games for players that engage in high-risk activities. And let's start to transition, James, to talking about Zach Taylor's press conference today, specifically the idea that they might keep extra specialists around this year, at least on the practice squad. And they have all the quarterbacks, all four of them, in their own workspaces. They're doing the quarterback meetings virtually. Zach Taylor recognizing the importance of the quarterback position and keeping those guys healthy, at least a couple of them. Yeah, it, it's smart. And I think that's what you have to do in this day and age. You're going to have to keep the quarterbacks, one, healthy as you can. And they're distanced and they're in their own offices and I think it's smart also to keep the specialists. I would keep them both on the practice squad, but you have 16 spots and you never know what's going to happen. Again, the game day, who's going to be snap? Who's going to be the long snapper? You know, and maybe one of these other linemen can be a long snapper, develop that. But if not, then you're going to have to keep them. So it's, uh, it's certainly one of the many factors that go into this season. Practice squad management will definitely be something to keep an eye on for Duke Tobin and company. Dan Godsell. Did you know that the Bengals have a backup long snapper right now? His name is Dan Godsell. They also signed, of course, Tristan Viscano, who can punt a little bit as well as kick. Viscano, I can definitely see sticking around because he fills both of those roles in an emergency situation. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the long snapper. I feel like that's something where if you need a long snapper, you can pick it up off the street and you can be okay with that. I don't think there's necessarily a huge need 
to keep that guy on the practice squad. But roster management, more than ever, this year will be fluid and will be dynamic in a way that we haven't seen in the NFL before. And I think that will be, at the very least, an interesting storyline to keep track of. Coming up next, we'll have more from the Bengals' day one of full team activities. They are out on the practice field. Joe Burrow's throwing to his new teammates. Boy, is it an exciting time on social media. Those Joe Burrow pictures are just free retweets, free likes. I mean, I tell you what, we'll get into day one at training camp coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on Locked On Bengals with a glorious day in Cincinnati. Yes, yes, yes. On Tuesday... The Bengals, as you know, had their first full team workout. They were able to hit the weights together, obviously went through a walkthrough um, at, at uh, the Bengals practice fields. And here's the best part about this, Jake. And Zach Taylor technically isn't allowed to watch this or overview this part during the conditioning. He can't be out there. But Burrow threw to Green and he threw to Tyler Boyd and he threw to John Ross and he was able to throw to all of his wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, so it was good to see the guys back, and it does feel like we're getting closer to football, which is uh, always a good feeling. I don't really understand that. He can't be on the field when they're throwing to one another? He can't, yeah. I, I guess maybe there's, like, pressure behind it or something, but they have to condition on their own, I guess, is is the rule. Because he was asked about that. What was it like to watch Green run routes? And he was like, or in Burrow throw, and he was like, well, technically, I'm not allowed to do that. Now, did he happen to take a peek outside of his office and look? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works or what the windows are like or anything like that or where they even did it. Um, but, yeah, I guess technically he can only see the the walkthrough portion of, of camp because this is, again, this is supposed to kind of like, be like OTAs, I guess, where it's not super intense. Hmm. That's that's pretty interesting. It looks like they're out on the practice fields where they normally do training camps. If you go up on the bridge, mm-hmm. you get your binoculars out, you could probably – catch a peek the most interesting thing to me to come out of these photos i mean obviously there's the excitement joe burrow wearing his number nine orange practice quarterback jersey don't touch me you got aj green catching a football you got joe burrow making jokes with drew sample and samaji p ryan but the one that gets me the most the one that i dug into the most not john ross's left leg but the cincinnati bengals offensive line from left to right as it was pictured, and the only picture that went up is Jonah Williams, Mike Jordan, Trey Hopkins, Billy Price, who's in there for Xavier Suofilo, who's currently on some sort of injured list. And you can't really see it. You can't see his face, but I am absolutely positive that is Fred Johnson at right tackle because he's got that bigger fro. And you can see Bobby Hart in the background of one of these other photos. He's got that tight cropped haircut right now. So that is with a high degree of certainty, in my opinion, Fred Johnson out there with the first team 
at right tackle. That doesn't mean he's a first team right tackle right now, but it means he's getting in there with those guys. Yeah, there's a battle and there should be a battle. And heck, I, I think there's going to be a battle. And now that Xavier Suofilo is starting the training camp on the pup list, it, not that he wasn't going to have to earn it anyway, but y- you could see multiple position battles here in training camp up front. And, and the, the tough part about this, and the, he, this is where the coaching is really going to come in. These scrimmages that they have in the live sessions are going to be so crucial in determining that. And who is Fred Johnson going up against versus who is Bobby Hart going up against? And is it Carl Lawson or is it Khalid Kareem? Because there's going to be a big difference in blocking those two guys, right? And um, you you hope they can find the right five. And if that's Fred Johnson, I'm all for it. And I know he's sort of got a a small part of the fan, a little fan favorite action going on because of of Bobby Hart and and him being – well, Bobby Hart. So uh, we'll see if Fred Johnson could get it done. I certainly think it's a competition, though. It looks like he's at least getting a shake, which is at this point all we can ask for. Billy Price, next man up at right guard. That is expected, but it is a good chance for him, right? We talked about uh, Billy Price a little bit with the offensive line preview. We didn't actually get to Bobby. Billy, man, I keep mis- mixing those names up. We didn't actually get to Billy Price. <laughs> when I talked to Brandon Thorne and we might have Brandon back to talk about some of the backup offensive linemen for the Bengals in the future. But he did mention to me off air that he thinks Billy Price could have a solid year. This is as, as Ian or as Brandon mentioned his first year of, of not being injured in the off season, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big difference compared to where you're normally at right now. It's a huge difference. I mean, it, it sucks because you have all these first round picks that have either, you know, in Ross's situation has flashed some promise when he's healthy, but hasn't been able to stay healthy. Jonah Williams, we know what's there. And then Billy Price, do we really know? Has he looked good when he's been out there? No. Does it look good that he got beat out by Trey Hopkins, an undrafted player from Texas? No. At the same time, maybe it is circumstantial and it did have to do with the injury. And now he is as strong as he needs to be and as healthy as he needs to be and, and and can make an impact. And that would be great in a perfect world, Jake. I think Billy Price would start and would show that he can be a part of your offensive line moving forward and a part of the future here. The last thing you want is uh, another first round pick that departs and goes elsewhere. That's what bad organizations have. All former first round pick traded for a seventh rounder or released. You don't want to see those headlines. And that's where it's trending. So if he can turn things around, it would be a welcome sight for the Bengals. And I, I do think it's possible. I, I don't know I want to say probable, but it is possible. And uh, he, he is really well-liked in that locker room. So I, I think it would be good for everyone involved. Man, it sure was a big day for the Bengals' offense in these photos. I don't see a single defensive player in any of these photos that, that I saw It's all saw about today. Burrow, baby. Yeah. And they got a picture of Jonah Williams. They want to show Jonah Williams out there with the offensive line. They want to show AJ Green. They want to show John Ross and T Higgins, their their new their new wide receiver. So they're definitely highlighting, you know, some guys here. I want to see the defense. I want to see who's out there on the on the defensive side of the ball too. They will. Uh, I mean, the, tomorrow's going to happen. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, 2020 has been a hell of a year, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, The other interesting thing that we should probably talk about is Zach Taylor did say that he hasn't heard of any other players that the Bengals 
have that, that might be opting out. This doesn't necessarily mean that there will be no opt-outs. They have until Thursday to make this call, the players do. But as of now, everyone is practicing that's not on the non-football injury list, not on the COVID list, not on the PUP list. So that means, you know, Khaled Kareem, Rennell Wren, they're on the non-football injury list. They're not out there, but everyone else is there. So I, I would imagine maybe some of these guys are still grappling with the decision-making. You know, we saw today up in Cleveland, Andrew Billings opted out for the year. But if they're already out there practicing, they're, they're breaking huddles, and, and Zach Taylor joked about this, you know, we're trying to social distance, but you're trying to get in and out of the huddle more quickly than ever because of COVID, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I think this is a promising sign that, that the roster will mostly stay intact. And they've got that, that one spot open that Taylor talked about going to get free agents. Yep. And, and I think that's a defensive tackle all day. Maybe not. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I, you know, I think it's the nose tackle we've talked about that they're going to find a way to do that. Uh, may, maybe it'll be Kendall Futrell, who is the one guy that did test positive for COVID-19, went on the reserve list weeks ago when the rookies came in and, and initially reported for training camp. So they're probably looking there. I, I would guess it would be defensive linemen. Off air, you mentioned this to me, and I'm going to give you credit, Jake. They, they only have, what, nine healthy defensive linemen out there right now? I mean, not not a lot of guys. Um, so it's, it's going to be tough. But I, I will say, Zach, looking at his body language, he did appear pretty confident. And again, I'm looking at the body language, not necessarily what he said quote-wise, that no one else is going to opt out. It doesn't mean someone can't change their mind or have a change of heart or, heck, something happened between now and Thursday at 4 o'clock because that's when the deadline is, 4 o'clock Eastern. But as of now, the Bengals feel pretty good about where they're at. Duke Tobin said the same thing on Monday, that they're they're confident in what has, has gone on and taken place. So hopefully these guys can continue to be responsible, and, uh, and that's the key. And, and also whoever they bring in. I mean, that's the other thing. That's the tough part about this. Whoever they bring in, and I do think it'll be a defensive lineman uh, in the near future, that person has to be responsible too and buy in right away because they, they cannot have one of these guys go off the rails and get everyone else sick. Yeah, and P.J. Hull, who you wanted the Bengals to bring in, failed his physical. So he's, he's actually back to being an option now, which is yeah, a silver he, lining for you. If, if, he gets a, if he gets released, man, former second rounder, hey, if he, if, look, if he's got to go to L.A. Fitness with me before camp practice to work out to get in better shape, Jake, we'll get that done. I think that that would be subject to a $50,000 high-risk COVID fine, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not positive. He, you got to mask up, baby. Spray everything down. No risk. He is officially on waivers now after that trade with the Vikings fell through. I still don't think that he's necessarily high on the Bengals' list of targets, but uh, yeah, the, the Bengals are down to seven. Seven out of their 10 defensive line players, two of them on the NFI, one of them on the COVID list. They need to bring somebody in here. These, this is a list of players that the Bengals currently have in camp on the defensive line that have played NFL snaps before. Carlos Dunlap, Andrew Brown, DJ Reader, Geno Atkins, Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson. And I guess Freedom Akimoladun did play some snaps last year, but he's a college free agent who hardly played. There's very little depth here with the loss of Josh Tupo and and the loss of Ryan Glasgow. That's why we've been focusing on the defensive line the way we have, and that's also why we're not previewing defensive line today because we're giving the Bengals time to make a move. Yeah, and, and he, heck, what if they – and I, 
obviously there are some guys out there, and we talked about that on previous podcasts. I think we did on Monday's podcast. But what if they claimed Hall because they have the top waiver calling priority, and then they made another move down the line and signed Pecco? I think that you could see them claim Hall like only because if he doesn't pass a physical – well, you're off the hook, right? Like they could they could take that approach to it. It's really sure. very low risk to to do that sort of thing. But I do think that they're going to be in the market for a veteran. It may or may not be Domita Peko, but they, I think they need somebody who's played the game before. Unless you want to rely on Khalid Kareem, uh, last year's fourth round pick, and Renell Ren and a bunch of college free agents to be your depth. They're really thin without Tupo and and, and Glasgow out there. And the whole point of this offseason was to maximize Geno Atkins, right? You yeah. go pay big money for DJ Reader. The last thing you want is Geno Atkins playing 800 snaps again. He played a career high in snaps for a 2-14 and 14 football team. That's Not where you want to be. Th- that can never happen again. No. Coming up next, uh, the Bengals haven't made a move at defensive line, as we've just talked about ad nauseum. Uh, and we'll see if that happens anytime soon. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the linebackers because this room – at least going into camp, pretty well set at this point and pretty interesting. Linebackers, coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card our Bengals positional review continues here on locked on Bengals with linebackers completely remade position this offseason that the Bengals attacked the heck they they addressed it in free agency they drafted three linebackers or, or selected three linebackers in the NFL draft and Jake, I think it's it's one of those things where you know you can argue about the the positional value, but we know they were in on Joe Schobert. They were trying to go after guys in free agency at the linebacker position. Ended up getting Josh Bynes, which could be a band aid for this year. Certainly a leader in the the locker room. But then they really attacked it in the draft, and they got guys that they thought were going to be in the second round or third round, at least a round later. And uh, I I don't know. I, I feel better about the linebacker group this year going into this year at least the future of it than i felt about the bengals linebackers for quite some time and that includes the years where vontez perfect was considered a, a really good player yeah there was a period of time like you like you said where vontez perfect carried the linebackers and he was a good enough player he was a you know a top 20 at worst linebacker in the nfl there for a while and then things kind of started falling apart around him he started getting hurt. He started missing a lot of time for suspensions. Getting and heavy. This, this has been, yeah. And this is this is freelancing, not not doing his job, trying to do too much. And, and this is something that has been a perpetual need for the Bengals for years. And they finally got fed up and dedicated a ton of resources on the third day of the draft. And, and actually the second day of the draft to, to address this position. And we'll start with... Josh Bynes. We're not actually going to start with what they did in the draft. Josh Bynes, the only free agent they went after. I was 
pulling for Corey Littleton, I thought there was a chance. I, actually, Nick Kwiatkowski, the other guy that the Raiders signed at linebacker from the Bears, was somebody that I was pretty interested in. He signed with the Bears right away. I thought that there was a chance that he would kind of be that second-tier free agent. Didn't end up that way. He signed on the first day of the tampering period, if my memory serves correctly. But Josh Bynes is a guy that I'm pretty pleased with as, as a really solid addition from a PFF grading perspective. The last three years, he's played 428 snaps for Baltimore, who he joined in week five. He played 726 snaps for Arizona in 2018 and 300, 236 in 2017. So there's one and a half years there of roughly full-time play, what you'd expect him to be for the Bengals. He'll be out there in base. He'll probably be out there in some nickel, especially early in the season. Uh, a really strong run defender. Three straight seasons of a roughly 80 PFF grade for for run defense. That That's really good. I might have said run blocker, but I meant to say run defender. Uh, he's, a, he's a solid tackler. He, he's an average cover player, but he was better in that area for Baltimore last year. Doesn't bring a ton as a blitzer. Uh, not the best athlete in the world, but a veteran who brings some leadership, a ton of experience, and generally solid baseline linebacker play at worst to this linebacker room. And where everybody else is young or unproven, I think that that's a really good starting point for the linebacker room. And the thing that I like, he brings stability to a room that didn't have it last year, Nick Vigil never really became the guy that you wanted him to become. Jermaine Pratt still developing, entering year two. You need someone that can offer some guidance. And, and just if you throw him out there, you know what it what it is, right? And that that's Josh Bynes. And, and so I, I think he's comfortable being that veteran locker room leader uh, and certainly the linebacker leader. And, and then you got a guy in Jermaine Pratt who – Heck, you look back on that 2019 draft, and, and if you would have swapped Drew Sample and Jermaine Pratt in the second and third rounds, I think you'd feel a little better, right? Like Jermaine well, Pratt looks like a guy that – and maybe not because it, you still feel dumb about the, the sample pick and the value there, and who knows if that works out. But my point is Jermaine Pratt does have – appear to be some have some upside here, and you hope that he could take a step forward. We're excited about the rookies, and we'll get to them. But the key might be Jermaine Pratt taking a step forward – and then as the rookies come along, you start to see this nucleus come together. But a lot of that does hinge on, on Pratt being uh, better than he was last season. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is you see some incremental improvements for Pratt over the course of the season. They hit him early, and as soon as he they threw him in there full-time, he struggled at first. He, he was rough against Baltimore the first time. He was rough against L.A. He was rough against Baltimore the second time. But then his workload starts to increase later in the season, and, and he starts to make incremental improvements. So one thing about Jermaine Pratt that I love is he has some of the strongest hands I've ever seen on the football field. He has some of the best grip strength. And if you listen to this podcast, you hear me talk about this a lot. Once he gets your, his hands on you and he gets his hands on that jersey, 95 times out of 100, he's not letting go until you're on the ground. It, I think it happened once last year when he had his hands full of jersey and the guy got out of his grip. Impressive grip strength, though, which really facilitates very good tackling, and I expect that to continue in year two. I expect his run defense to be pretty good. He, he took some strides here late in the year, given worse competition, but against Miami and Cleveland, had really good grades in those games, and I remember thinking he was flying to the ball. He was 
reading keys really well. His processing speed seemed to improve. And you got to remember, Pratt was a safety when he got to North Carolina State. He got hurt. He transitioned to linebacker. And his first year with the Bengals was really his second year playing linebacker in football, like in his life, yeah. right? And and so That's crazy. It, it, it would make sense. Now, he's 24, which is the same age as Logan Wilson, by the way, uh, that he that he's taking some time to learn the position. His processing speed should be much better this year. You should see some incremental improvements for Pratt in year two. And, and that's the thing is if if he could take those ste- take those steps forward and he's the same age as the Logan Wilson, then he knows exactly how to m- maybe key on the right thing so Logan can take make that step in week eight that it took Pratt week 11, week 12, week 13, week 14, um, and kind of uh, quicken the development of some of these guys. Um, I'm glad you pointed out the grip strength because I, I did watch a lot of the Bengals last year. Uh, obviously, I wasn't covering the team at that point, um, but it, it's not something I would have noticed. And yet that, to me, when you're talking about the AFC North and, and run defense and making tackles and what the Bengals have prioritized, it's pretty big. So, yeah, Jermaine Pratt, if he can bring that, and kind of, I'm not saying he should be a leader, but he was a rookie last year, right? So he knows what Logan Wilson's going to be going through. Nakeem Davis-Gaither and maybe Marcus Bailey. So so he can still help those guys through some of these growing pains. Yeah, and, and let's transition then to the rookies talking about transitioning. Logan Wilson comes in. He's 24 years old before the start of the season. Nakeem Davis-Gaither, the other rookie before the seventh round pick, Marcus Bailey. And Here's a fun fact for you, James. Did you know that the two linebackers on the 2020 NFL Draft all-small school team were Akeem Davis-Gaither and Logan Wilson? Akeem Davis-Gaither, according to PFF, described as playing a hybrid role. We've talked about this on the podcast before. The position he played at Appalachian State doesn't really exist in the NFL. So the Bengals have a piece that doesn't necessarily directly translate if you go back and watch the limited tape that exists from Appalachian State. They say he rushed the passer off the edge almost as much as he dropped into coverage, and he won a lot as a pass rusher, despite his size. He, and, and they talk about him maybe being a project. And, and the reason that he's a bit of a project, potentially, is because he needs to learn a, a true NFL position. There's no overhang linebacker in the NFL. So he's going to be a rushbacker or he's going to be a spy early on in his career while he learns the NFL game. Logan Wilson, on the other hand, polar opposite as polished as it gets. And he needs to hit the ground running because as I mentioned, 24 years old, not a whole lot of time to develop for Logan Wilson coming into the league. Yeah. You're hoping honestly in a perfect world with Josh Bynes on a one-year deal, you'd hope Logan Wilson would surpass Bynes. Yeah. Uh, Starting by week eight, week nine, you know, maybe after the bye. That, that he's able to do that, and he shows he's capable. And, and the crazy part about him, you, you talk to to those that watched him a lot, and I know you you liked him before the draft, as good as he is as a, a cover guy, and he can move at 240 pounds, 6'2", he's a great run defender. And, and he, he was he was really good at that as well. And, and people overlook that because of how fast he is, and how good he is in coverage and his ball skills. But uh, he does look like he could be – the complete package. And I hope he is because if he he's that, and then you talk about vice grips, Jermaine Pratt, that's a, that's a good one to punch while Akeem Davis Gaither develops a bit. And I do think he can contribute this year. Like you said, especially if you're going up against a Lamar Jackson twice a year, I, I think Akeem Davis Gaither can help in that way. 
Absolutely. A perfect QB spy kind of guy for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to make most players in the NFL look silly, but Akeem Davis Gaither does have good enough athleticism where you at least feel okay about that matchup. And it's hard to feel better about that unless you're going to have like Tyran Matthew spying Lamar yeah. Jackson, somebody, somebody at that level of athleticism or like a, I don't know, William Jackson or something who you don't really trust to tackle in the run game. Uh, <laughs> But I, I think that the, the thing about Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Jermaine Pratt, and, and Josh Bynes is you have discernible skill sets here. You have the most athletic group of linebackers the Bengals have had since Marvin Lewis probably came to Cincinnati. Maybe in their first year, they had this kind of athleticism. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be great football players. But I am so sick of watching guys like Ray Maluga out there off the ball. Vinny Ray, who was a fine, serviceable bench linebacker, good good bench linebacker. When he had to start, the, the, the lack of athleticism for the Bengals at the second level was just so visible. And it was exposed last year, especially early in the year, they were getting gashed when, when they were exposed horizontally. They could not cover sideline to sideline. And, and that doesn't even mention uh, some of the other guys on the roster. So Jordan Evans, a pretty good athlete. We don't even have time to talk about him here, and I think that he's fighting to make the team, as is seventh-round rookie Marcus Bailey, who was one of PFF's favorite day three picks as far as landing in a favorable situation despite the Bengals drafting two other linebackers. This is a guy who, if he's healthy, and and he's not quite there yet, he's still rehabbing, He he's a much better prospect than the 215th pick. If, if he can stay healthy in the NFL, he fell down because he had two ACL tears in college, but his productivity, his, his tape much better than that. Absolutely. Everyone says that. I mean, that junior year tape, he could have been a day two pick realistically, like it could have been him and Logan Wilson battling for that spot. And instead uh, he unfortunately tears his ACL after two games. And that's the thing is it, it feels like the Bengals got three guys that all could have potentially went on day two. Now there are certain circumstances. One with Davis Gaither, there was a, a knee uh, that you know they were worried about a little bit. There was some injury concern there. The Bengals doctors obviously cleared him. No concern for them. Um, and then the same thing with Marcus Bailey. Y- you like that that risk uh, with a seventh round pick because he has that upside. So we'll see what happens. I, I will say this: this is the first time. Jake, probably since I've covered the team where I've been pretty excited to watch the Bengals linebackers. There's something interesting to look at for the first time in a while. And I think the athleticism honestly plays a big part of it. Also does the Mm -hmm. fact that they're unknown, that they're rookies and rookies are always inherently more exciting than guys who you know who they are. But there's a lot to watch at the linebacker position. And it's certainly one of the position groups on defense that will be scrutinized for the entirety of the season not just in this positional preview. If you're listening to this show on Wednesday, make sure you wish James Rapine a happy birthday. He will not be recording with me as he celebrates his birthday tomorrow, but Lou Anarumo is addressing the media tomorrow. So we'll get you coverage of that and more as the Bengals ramp up in training camp. Until then, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.